0: Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening.
1: welcome everybody to our young christian workshop we welcome you we're so excited that you guys are here if you are here joining us tonight it is because you have been chosen from heaven under the authority of jesus christ to be a disciple of jesus and follow him and to gather with other disciples who are grown and and matured and 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 a whole lot of things and they're gonna pass on a lot of good stuff for us but I just want to take a moment to welcome you guys. Obviously, most of us uh, know each other, but uh, I'll introduce myself again. My name is Joella's father. This is Lali Matos, my fiance. Uh, we lead the campus ministry here, as many of you guys know. Um, I hope if we haven't yet to get the opportunity to meet you guys soon in person, whether it's through a fellowship, hopefully so long as the COVID rate uh, goes down. Connecticut, you're doing a good job, Connecticut. We are at a 3%. Uh, you know, infection rate, and we're, we're, we're slowly, you know, starting to bring that even more down. And so if we continue working hard, I really think it's the disciples that are making the difference. I don't know about the world. I don't, I don't know. I'm just kidding. But keep on wearing your mask. Keep on social distancing. Keep on persevering. I think we're going to make it out uh, very, very soon. But, uh, but, but praise be to God, we're here today. We have technology and we can be here. And so, thank you so much for taking time out of your night. We greatly, greatly appreciate it on behalf of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ. And we're so excited that you're here. Many of you are, deci- all of you here are disciples, two years or less. And it's an exciting journey to be on to be a disciple of Jesus, as many of you know. But in like in every journey, there's a lot of tools, a lot of resources, a lot of help, a lot of support that we need in order to continue you know, going through this journey and going through it successfully with God and with each other. And so that's what we're hoping to do tonight. And I think you guys are in store for a huge treat. And I just can't wait to see what the Genovas and the Sackingers and the Velezes and Goodmans and all the people that are going to be sharing tonight uh, share with you. I'm looking forward to learning. I'm, I'm relatively a new Christian as well. Been, you know, doing this for about three years and some change, but I'm just grateful to God to be here. So Before, uh, without further ado, uh, just join me real quick. I'm going to say a word of prayer, and then we can jump right into this. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, God, uh, thank you so much, God, just for this uh, amazing opportunity to be here with all of these uh, young disciples, God, including myself. God, I thank you so much. It's so beautiful uh, to to be able to just be all together in uh, in one Zoom room, God. We know that we can't be uh, together in person, but Father, thank you so much that we're together, unified in one spirit. One spirit with you and one spirit together with each other, God. And and so, Father, I pray, God, just as we're, we've been baptized into one spirit uh, through Jesus Christ, I pray that we can really just be a one spirit today in this meeting, God. I pray that, Lord, you would speak to each and every single young disciple here, uh, that you would speak to them a word that's just so specific, so for them, that would encourage and build them up in their faith. We are living in in really tough, challenging times, God. Mm -hmm. It is a challenging time to be a disciple. But I thank you so much, God, because there is no better journey that we would rather be on than to be on a journey with you, God. And so please bless tonight. Uh, Please speak powerfully through all the speakers, through all the people that will be sharing, oh, God. I pray that you will open up all of our hearts to just be able to receive what you want to share with us tonight, God. And I just pray that you would be here in this Zoom call with us and that you would just move so powerfully, God, in our lives and in our hearts god thank you so much for everything and it's in your son jesus name we pray all these things amen amen Amen. all right
2: guys it is really really great to see you uh tonight to see all of your faces um as Joel said you've all been just here for a couple of years um i remember my first couple of years now Florence and i have been disciples for 35 years now i think or maybe 36 years 36 years yeah 35 years in the ministry but 36 years as disciples and i actually do remember the day I got baptized, May 19th, 1985. I remember it was a Sunday afternoon. And uh, I remember I I had a gig that day. I was working full-time as a musician and I had a gig later that night. And uh, so I remember, um, and we met church at that time at three o'clock in the afternoon in New York City uh, at this uh, building we met on the Upper West Side. And I remember uh, getting baptized and then getting ready for my gig and driving out to Long Island where I was gonna be working that night. And I remember during one of the breaks, one of the uh, set, uh, breaks in the set, going outside and standing in the parking lot and looking up at the sky, and it was a starry night, and just being so overwhelmed with gratitude and joy that I was now a part of of God's kingdom. And I remember what an amazing thing it was, and that one little image is very clear in my mind, uh, as are many. But there's another standout image, and I remember when I first began to learn how to do quiet times as a disciple and i remember this apartment i was living in new york city with uh, a bunch of other guys and i just had this one recollection of sitting at my little desk in my in my bedroom having a quiet time and just just really just being so grateful that i would i had a chance to sit there and actually learn from god from the bible and just how important those times were and those first few years are so so important for you you're in them right now i remember being them in in those and how important it was for me as a very young Christian with no religious Christian background at all to learn. And I learned so much in those few years. And I really appreciate the men who were in my life back then that took the time to to help me and train me and reach out to me and make sure that I was on solid ground and ask me how I was doing and follow up with me and all the things that I learned in those first few years. And we went into the ministry very quickly. Florence I went to the ministry after a year of being disciples, which is pretty unheard of now, but at the time the New York City church was growing so fast that there was a real need for staff, and uh, so we began working with the arts and entertainment ministry. But I just remember it was just a a uh, you know roller coaster of of just learning and growing and making mistakes, but then you know learning again, and it was just such an amazing experience. So I'm very excited for what we're going to be doing tonight. We've got five couples that are going to be sharing. And they're all sharing from a different perspective of some things that have really helped them as young Christians. And I think everybody that's sharing tonight uh, has been a disciple for quite a long time. Uh, I think the Genova is probably the youngest. I think, were you guys around eight or nine, ten years, I think, as disciples, something ten. like that?
3: Yeah, ten. ten yeah. Right,
2: okay. And then the Goodmans and uh, us and the Valeses, you know, while we dismiss and that somewhere in that 25 to 35 <laughs> range. I'm not exactly sure. where. Maybe they can share when they come on how long they've been disciples, but they all excel in different areas. And so that's why we've asked them to share tonight. So um, this is a, a really valuable time. So I want you to really take the things that you hear tonight and don't let those just be, you know, notes on a, on a piece of paper, but make sure that you put those things into practice. And I remember those first few years learning, you know, how to do things. I remember one. I'll share one last thing. Um, I was really disorganized as a non-Christian. And I never wrote anything down. I never really knew what I was doing or where I was going. And then I remember meeting Sherwin McIntosh in the New York City church, and Sherwin had a daytimer book. If you remember those, and I remember looking at that and saying, "Wow, that would be a really cool thing to get." And I remember going to a stationery store on the Upper West Side of New York City and buying my first paper daytimer and beginning to write where what I needed to do, where I was going. And it it got me on a really great foundation. And now I'm I'm very organized at the time I wasn't. But there were so many things that I learned from disciples that had been before me that I still carry to this day that you know I've I've never forgotten. So if you hear something tonight that really resonates with you, write it down, put a star next to it, which is what I do when I have something important to remember and then make sure you go back and say i need a plan to be able to do that thing but i want to read you one scripture then we're going to open it up i'm going to turn it over to the Smiths here in just a moment but let me just read the scriptures in colossians uh, one beginning of verse three we always thank god the father of our lord jesus christ when we pray for you and we do pray for you by the way because we've heard of your faith in christ jesus and of all the love you have for all of god's people The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you've already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing so among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epiphass, our our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. And... uh, who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we've heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit is, so that you, and this is really important for you guys, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened, with all the power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving you joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. <clears throat> so I want you to think about this idea of growing and learning and and uh, and getting to this place where where God can really use you and and so what I'm going to do right now is turn it over to the Smiths and they're going to talk about the importance of a relationship with God and and personal Bible study as a young Christian and how much that's helped them and will help you so Eric and Jan
4: all right thank you so uh, for those of you don't know us I'm Eric Smith this is my wife Jan and I think uh uh not in terms of how long we've been disciples but uh at least in how long we've been in the Connecticut Church, we predate the uh, Sackingers. You do. <laughs> uh, we were I, we moved up uh, around nineteen, late nineteen ninety three, and uh, that's that's how long we've been here. Probably longer than maybe some of you have been around. So uh, we've been here a long time. Yeah. So you know, developing a relationship with God um, through you know your Bible study, I I, I think. Um, I think, Jeff, that's the way you put it down, developing a relationship. I, I, that's what I really want to key off of, is that your personal Bible study is to develop your relationship with God. And and that, that's really what it's all about, that the focus is really God. Now, we absolutely go to the word and use the word to um, understand and learn how to approach things, how to do things, how to deal with things, um, figure out what and how to pray for different things. But really more than anything uh, i the thing that drives me is that i'm finding out about whom i'm going to be spending eternity with and i believe in heaven while we'll all be there the focus is going to be on god i i think it would be a very very strange thing to uh, get there and not recognize god you know and i think the way we're going to recognize god is to have this kind of bible study that's very very personal and very, very intimate. And where we spend uh, our, our time, uh, there's, there's, there is a time for kind of academic and very studious kind of study, but for the most part, I believe it really is like so many different scriptures, say meditating on the word, um, thinking it through, even you know to have a kind of quiet time that, uh, one thing that I find happens when I feel like I have a really good quiet time for the next week, it seems every situation I talked with somebody about, i would like, oh, I've got the scripture for that. I know exactly which one, you know, and it seems pertinent. But the but the truth is, it's just, you know, God built and made the word so it would resonate in our hearts. Mm.
5: Um, uh, likewise, I think that um, oftentimes it's our natures to look at the Bible as a means of um, improving ourselves spiritually. And that's not really what it means to develop a relationship with God. If you think of, Uh, developing a relationship with someone you love and wanna spend time uh, with, that's not really what you're thinking about is the time I spend with them is meant to be a self-improvement time. What it is is to really get to know someone's character, to get to know someone's heart, to get to know what they value, um, and also to let yourself be known um, by that person. And with God, you know, there is so much to know. It's like you can never get tired of spending time with God. It's never like he becomes a boring person. I know when my Bible study has gotten some somewhat stale, it's me that's become boring, not God. Um, I want to read a scripture, Colossians 2.17, only part of it. It says the reality, however, is found in Christ. I think it's easy to forget that God is an actual person who's desiring a relationship, um, which means that he wants to know about us as much as we want, he wants us to know about him. Now, He already knows everything about us, but he wants us to explore ourselves as we're exploring him. Now, what I mean by that is I think it's a wonderful thing in a Bible study to have a great sense of curiosity, to find out what God thinks, you know, to find out uh, scriptures. And Eric will talk about some practicals, but to chase down any questions of faith. A lot of us have questions about God it's not all resolved when we become disciples. We ask ourselves, you know, why this and why that? And how does God think about that? I think it's important to close any doors that might lead to doubt, that might lead to fear, that might lead to a lack of trust. And, you know, there are many ways to do that. um, And Eric will go into that. But I think for myself personally, I'm always looking things up. Internet, you know, uh, Bible dictionaries, Greek words, Um, Anything I need to do to make sure that I understand exactly what God is trying to tell me through the Bible, not necessarily so it will improve me, although there are times when I need to study something out to help something in my character, but that I may accurately understand what he's trying to say, sometimes in the cultural context, which makes a big difference because we come from a very different culture than they do. Uh, did back in those days, uh, very different ways of thinking, very different uh, value systems. And it's important to read the Bible, understanding the time and place uh, that it was written. A good example is the idea in the Old Testament that they thought as a collective, uh, they didn't think as individuals. So when somebody sinned, the entire community uh, took the brunt for that. And so when you see God disciplining a community because of the actions of one, We think that could be unfair, but back then they understood that very clearly. So it's a matter of understanding uh, the backgrounds that we're dealing with so that we can understand the Bible um, accurately and apply it to ourselves. I think for me, I often have a lot of books around me. Eric will go uh, into that a little bit later. Anything I need, looking things up on the internet, like I said, looking at the cultures and the habits and the lifestyles of people back then, finding out what the different uh means that they gathered information, finding out about the different relationships they had back then, the power structures, um, anything I anything I need to find out to figure out what exactly they were talking about. Um as far as prayer goes, you know, everybody has to figure out how they learn and what matters to them. I've gone on prayer walks, I've drawn pictures, I've done artwork. I have, um, you know, uh, I painted a little closet that's become my prayer room. I think one thing, the, the biggest thing I'll end with is that it's very easy for a relationship with God to be um, overridden by daily issues. You know, we can, I, you know, it's amazing how much laundry I think of when it's time for me to have my quiet time and I look around my house and think of all the things I can be distracted with, I have to go someplace private. I have to go someplace away. Whether it means I have to get in my car and drive away so I will not be bothered or distracted. I think it's really important, just like you'd protect the relationship and plan uh, to spend time with somebody that you love, you need to do the same things. It's very difficult to have a quiet time in a very busy location. Um, And so I really recommend that anybody Uh, who's having, who's preparing for a quiet time, actually prepare their mind. Take a few minutes before you start reading and praying. So you don't just dive into it. Just like think about preparing yourself for a date, you know, in the same way, take some time to ready yourself so that you can concentrate. It's very easy to get distracted. Um, And I'll end with that. And I don't know if we're gonna have question time afterwards. Yeah, that and pass it off to Eric.
4: Right. right. And I think, you know, just uh, one more thought on just the, the heart behind the uh, Bible study. I think the more you know God, the more you know who you are. And I think uh, all of us come into the kingdom probably with very little clue who we are. I mean, yeah, we we know about uh, the, the sin we've had. We know what our struggles have been. But, you know, the focus on God isn't so much about sin or struggles, but it's about his glory, his love, his peace. I mean, it's all very exciting. And when you when you really focus on that, that is what you're going to start to see in yourself and help develop. So, as far as a couple of practice practicals, uh, uh, Jan mentioned. She just said, "Oh, you have to have a quiet place." However. I, 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 that's not what I like. I like for whatever reason, I like going to the kitchen table, you know, just sitting in a chair with the table, feet flat on the floor and kind of set. And so it's whatever is going to work for you. Find your place, whether it's looking out a window, whether it's a, a, a you know, a place away from people, what, what, whatever the thing that makes you feel um, ready to dig in. Um, The other thing I think that's uh, stuck with me over the years, and I was kind of surprised to find this, but I I think uh, the way you study sometimes, it it doesn't have to follow any kind of formula or any specific way. Uh, There are plenty of things that, um, uh, tools and things that you can use that'll help. But one of the things for me is small, but deep. I've had some great, great quiet times, I feel that, have been stamped on my heart that were only one or two verses, and and I felt I just I can just spend half hour, hour just thinking about that one thing and how it works in my life, and because when it's when it whether it's large or small, deep is the thing because like uh, you know Hebrews 4:12, you know we need to let the word cut our hearts. It needs to get in there. It needs to we when we walk away from our quiet time, we really ought to be bringing it with us in our hearts um so whatever is whatever it, whether it's long big or, or small again for me i think just small uh, short quiet times um you know either you know when when i was going through psalm 18 about a month or so ago i do four or five verses at a time and it took took a week or two but but those i felt like i came away from that just feeling like i really knew god much much better Um, I think the last thing that I'm going to talk about is, um, uh, part of that is taking notes in in a way that works for you. Um, Obviously, I've been around since 1989, and I've tried everything. And, uh, you know, using computers, using different note programs, using uh, notebooks. Mm -hmm. um, And and what I feel like I've come back to uh, full circle was something I did. When I was um, a young disciple, which is basically putting my notes in my Bible, I have one that that has kind of margins on the sides, mm-hmm. and and that's that's what I think I'm set on for the rest of my life. And I feel like, again, that's what works for me because whenever I go back to those scriptures, I'm gonna have my notes there, and I'm gonna remember. Oh yeah, that's right. I I I learned this about this then. Ah oh, yeah, now I remember and. And so having it like that is just a way to remind yourself what you've already learned as you go.
5: Um, I think we we need to end now, but I just want to end that it may take some time for you to hit your stride, you know, and as you change, you may need to change your plans and your format to meet your needs as you grow in Christ. You know, uh, we're not the same people we were all those years ago. And we've had to accommodate and change how we do our Bible studies to meet the needs that we have now. Um, But when, you know, it may take time to hit your stride, but that is part of a relationship. You may not find every quiet time is is earth shaking, but it's still building a relationship. So I just want to end with when you find what works for you, protect it. You know, Satan will try to steal it. But still protect
2: it with all your heart. Amen. Great. Thank you, Eric and Jan. That was awesome. Appreciate your thoughts. We're going to go ahead and shift now to the Goodman's. And uh, Fred and Denise are going to share with us the importance of developing relationships with each other in those first few years. Mm -hmm. So Goodman's, you're on. Amen.
6: Thank you so much, Jeff. Um, Talking about relationships, you know, Jeff, I was in your... uh, your uh bible talk as a young disciple i remember 30, you read some 33 years ago so i know i remember you that's well. a that's a strong relationship you were um, you were like a you were like a skinny like tall,
2: hey skinny, lanky guy. hey I'm not, I'm not saying anything about it now but you were you were you were you were way too skinny you were like lanky. okay i'll share
6: my scripture now um in, hebrews, cha- in hebrews chapter 10 starting in verse 23 it says let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching so when i think about um you know having deep relationships as a young christian you know, I, I think about those brothers that study the Bible with me, mm. that first group of brothers, about four or five brothers who studied the Bible with me, um, were my closest friends. And, um, you know, and they, they taught me a lot. They, they really did. And they taught me the importance of a mentoring relationship. And uh, through that relationship, I, you know, I learned how to study my Bible you know, and uh, they taught me the importance of prayer and um, how to be a a prayerful brother. Um, You know, they taught me how to live this new life as a Christian. You know, I was out in the world for many, many years. I've done, I lived my life and um, all of a sudden, you know, I had to make a, a turnaround. So these brothers really mentored me on how to live a Christian life. You know, they, they taught me the importance of, um, you know, what it means to date a sister in the church. You know, they taught me dating relationships. I had no clue, you know, so it's like in the world, there are no rules in the world, but um, as a brother in the church, oh yes, there are many rules and there's a way to do it to encourage the sister because she is your sister She's the daughter of God, and you must treat her a specific and a special way. Um, you know, uh, they taught me how to be a servant, you know, cause you can come into the church and, you know, kind of bring your own perspectives or whatever. But they taught me, look, be giving to other people, you know, help people out. And, um, and, and I think being a servant really helped me when I started to uh, do singing for the church. I was a song leader very early on in my discipleship and I had done it for 30 plus years, but it really helped um, broaden my relationships because now I had relationships with brothers from other congregations. And so I learned from them the example of being disciplined, uh, making a plan for the Sunday service, um, how to help other people to, to, and even to how to lead the church in worship, so um, it was it was a quite an amazing time, and um, I would not throw any of that away. And our my discipling relationships was was once every week, and so every week we got together and we talked. We talked about sin. We talked about my relationship with God. So I'm gonna let my wife share a little bit. Amen. Great. Mm-hmm.
7: Amen. Uh, so thank you, Jeff, for um, teaching Fred. He did a good job when dating. Um, I can't
2: believe he's still here after being in my Bible talk. No, no, it's hard day. to
7: believe, right? So I wanted to share um, from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. It says, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may be nurtured and grow in respect to salvation. And you know, I became a Christian at 24, 30 years ago, and I didn't know anything at all about the bible about i mean from what what i studied yes but i don't have a background in it so i definitely related to come into the kingdom and be a baby and like a baby you have and need relationships so i moved into a household of five sisters and i became the sixth person on the couch um (laughs) but it was great because I had a team ministry leader there, a campus ministry person there. I mean, just mm. everybody, song leader. And the house was always full of people um, studying the Bible. So as a new Christian, I just you know, encourage you jump in there and, and get relationships as much as possible. Because like a baby, you're absorbing, you're a sponge, you want to learn. And learn from people who are completely different from you. Yeah. Um, I don't like opera. I tried to because my roommate did. I still don't like it. Um, but I enjoy, I learned how to be more uh, feeling, more emotion, more dramatic from somebody who is in the arts ministry. Yeah. Um, and I'll just say, you know, I, I was asked to, at six months, go and help lead a French Bible talk, actually a Haitian Bible talk, because they had learned I speak French not not much anymore, but I was like, I don't know. There's gotta be someone better. who is a native French speaker. But I think there's the trust <clears throat> in the relationships that when someone asked me to do something, I just said, okay, I'll try it. And from that, I'm still friends with these brothers yes. and sisters. And mm-hmm. I learn what it is to have um, griot and to have like a little oatmeal that they have. You learn so much. Mm-hmm. So just really like a baby be open to having these um, Really deep and meaningful relationships, and I'll just uh, you know close with saying, you know, we as um, young Christians, we went every place with other disciples. So we yeah. would make trips, we would go places, and even though we're in you know this COVID, you can still make plans to kind of spend time with people. Um, All it takes is a deck of cards. Rick Velez knows we beat him regularly in spades, a deck of cards, and just spending time with people. So just jump in there.
6: (laughs) Yeah, the last thing I would say, it's like, um, I've been a disciple now for 33 years. I have relationships for 33 years with people, Mm -hmm. and they can still disciple me. They can still call me higher, and we still have a great time together. So those relationships that you build early on, they're essential for your foundation to as a disciple and as you grow. So. Amen. Amen. Thank, awesome.
2: you, Great. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Okay. We're going to now shift to uh, the Velez's and uh, they're going to talk about uh, the importance, especially as a younger Christian, to really serve and give to the church. You know, the church uh is uh it's all of us together right it's not just you know it's not like i run the church right and so the church is a, it's a family and in any functioning family everybody has to pitch in and serve and rick and sue do an amazing job with it and have for as long as i've known them so okay. rick and sue go ahead share about that
8: Thank, thanks jeff um I'm kind of glad that Jeff asked us to share about um, giving and serving. Uh, My name is Rick Velez, my beautiful wife, Sue. I have been in the church now for 23 years. Um, My wife has been in the church for 26 years. Mm -hmm. And actually this May, this April coming now, we will will be celebrating our 20th um, wedding anniversary. So that's how long we've been in the church together. And I think one of the things that we've probably been very consistent with is being faithful with God with our giving and faithful we got with our serving from the minute we, you know, since we've been in in, in the kingdom. And I think when, I, when when I think about giving and serving, I think about having a heart for God means having a heart for people. And what I wanted to do right now was uh, just kind of talk about the story of the Good Samaritan. I think I think that really kind of talks about really giving and 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 serving. And if you don't know, if you're not familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan, you know, it's a traveler who's beaten up and robbed and left for dead along the road. A priest comes by, deliberately avoids the man. A Levi, a lawyer, also comes by and avoids him. And finally, a Samaritan comes by and he helps the injured man in an act of mercy and compassion and serves him, you know. And, uh, you know, it's easy to love friends and family, Mm. you know. But it's much more difficult to love those who you who may not get along with or people that you don't know or even serve them, you know, even those who may want to hurt you, uh, uh, you know, same way. Okay. So but what I wanted to talk about was uh, three, three, three attitudes exhibited in, in that uh, parable of the Good Samaritan. And from the robber's point of view, his point of view was that what's yours is mine's and I'm going to take it. That was kind of his attitude. The priest and the Levites' attitude was, "What's mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. I'm going to hold on to what I have. I'm not helping him. And I'm not serving him." Mm. And then the Samaritan's attitude was, "What's mine is yours, and I'm going to give it to you." You know, and, and I really just came up with a few self-reflection questions that you know I want you guys to consider to ask yourselves. You know, you know which one, which one do you relate most to the, in this story, or maybe before you were a disciple? Am I a consumer? Or am I a contributor? You know, which one do you seek first? You know, or give, or you know, to give or to take. Which one do you seek for more often? You know, what was the pattern of your life? How is it different now, being a disciple? You know, which one gives you the most satisfaction? Mm-hmm. You know.
9: So you know the the Samaritan. As we see, he, uh, it's funny because Claudia and I got to uh, be prayer partners in our group this past week, and uh, we talked a lot about this parable, so it's been uh, on my heart since last week. But the Samaritan gave both his time and money, right? It wasn't easy for him to come along and, and serve uh, this, uh, this poor man who had been left for dead. Um, he could have just kept going. But he decided to serve with both his time and money. Uh, he was grateful for what he had and that he had been there and had the opportunity to give. He also, you know, as disciples of Jesus, we, we need to give our, of our time. And we need to sacrifice and give our, of our talent and, uh, and of our money to advance his kingdom. Um, so, you know, in this scripture that Rick is going to share, we can see this.
8: You know, it says in uh, 1 Peter 4.10, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, you know, and if you honor God in your heart, then he'll be honored in your life. You know, when it comes to serving for us, we love opening our home and tomorrow's like Super Bowl Sunday. Usually we have a big party here and we invite a lot of people. There's, there's barely room to walk around. But we love serving. We love opening our house. We love having people over. We like to provide for people, make them feel special, important, and loved. And, you know, it, it, it also means that we're giving also.
9: But that won't be happening this year. Let's make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> Not this year. <laughs>
8: <laughs> but but right now, my wife is going to give you, a, um you know, share a few practicals that you guys can think about to, to practice.
9: So, you know, when, when I think of giving, I think of, um, am, am I being... Am I being selfish? Am I holding back? Right? It's easy to, um, like Rick said, give to friends and family. Um, but to strangers, you know, it's kind of harder. You know, like just think about when we first Zoomed in a little bit, you know, on this Zoom meeting. It was quiet. It's hard to kind of connect. We don't. We haven't seen each other in a while. It's hard to give of your heart. Um, and, and it costs something, right? When you give and when you serve, it should cost you something. Um, you know, so just some practicals would be even when you're zooming, you know, have your camera on, you know, it's hard to connect with someone when their screen is off. So, yeah, we all have bad hair days. This morning we had a parenting meeting. I had my visual off, but I I was like laying in bed, trying to listen and learn and grow. Um, you know, we all have different situations, but when you can, and it should be, you know, often we should have our camera on so that we can see each other and reach each other um, and, and connect, right? This is what we have, have your camera on. Um, also volunteer to participate, right? We have Zooms that we join with our community groups after um, service. You know, volunteer, offer uh, to discuss the message, offer to uh, contribute your thoughts. You know, go that extra mile, don't wait to be asked. That's part of giving. Um, another thing is, you know, serve and offer up your talent. Um, we, you know, there's so much we have that, that we don't give, we wait again to be called on to, to do so. Um, so just make, make, your, your, uh, make it a joy for your leaders and offer what you have. We all have something to offer. God gave every single body. A talent to use in his kingdom. Um, Also, you know, pick up the phone and encourage a disciple. You know, a lot of times when you're new, you think, well, I don't know a lot. I'm still a baby Christian. I still need to take, take, take. And the truth is, you have the same Holy Spirit we all do. And you have so much to impart. And especially you, freshly coming out of the water, are probably. More renewed and revived and refreshed than some of us old ones that have been around the block a few times, right? Mm-hmm. So don't ever doubt that you can make an impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pick up the phone, share a scripture, encourage and, and impart that because everybody needs it. I need to get picked up mm-hmm. um, by my sisters, you know, um, all the time. So please do it. Um, also pray with and for others. You know, I know that, um, you know, I had been having uh, Marilyn um, uh, in my prayers you know, she recently got diagnosed with COVID. Also in, in our group, we've had, like I said, prayer partners and in the women's um, in, you know, the women joining together. And that's been so encouraging um, to just reach out and do something out of the norm. We, we really it's uncomfortable sometimes, you know, to connect but it feels good after you do it. So don't go by your feeling, just go by the command. You have to, you know, give, encourage one another daily. If we just obey, our heart follows and we find that peace and joy that God offers. Um, Also meet the the needs of your neighbors. You know, the the other day um, Florence was trying to um, get poor Marilyn some Tylenol because she was starting to feel symptoms and she called, you know, was reaching out to see if Rick can Um, drop off Tylenol to her. When I look out, he's out there plowing our neighbor's, you know, driveway, helping him out. And point being is that, you know, when we take care of ourselves and our own, it's great. And you should do that. You need to be a good steward of your things and your money and your time. And right. But if you're not affecting other people, then what impact are you going to have in? you know, the world, in the, in, in the life of others around you, right? Your life should be attractive. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see that Rick was out there serving our neighbors who needed help. Um, and lastly, contribute financially. That's another way to give, right? God blesses us. It's not for us to keep um, onto um, everything we receive. We need to share, right? Especially in the kingdom as well, we contribute because there are needs that need to be met, and um, as part of the body, we need to help each other grow, and that's part of growing the kingdom. Amen. You
8: no, know, this 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 past year with COVID, um, you know, what, you know, having be having spent so much time at home, kind of made us reflect a lot on our finances and how much money we would spend on other things, and uh, you know, throughout the year, we kind of just reviewing everything. I we were able to, you know, definitely be home. Didn't spend a lot of money, pay a lot of bills off, and realize, you know what, coming January, you know, this is I mean, we're sharing this with you guys. We chose to raise our contribution back in January, first week of January. We said we want to give more because, you know, we seeing having a better look at where our finances going, how much how we were spending. We're like, oh, well, we could we can give more. We could be more sacrificial, and, and, you know, and it's easy to say I could use that money for something else that we can use that money for something else. But we want to give it to God. You know, we've been, a, been in the kingdom for so long. God has never we have never once said that we needed something because God has always provided for us. Mm-hmm. You know, in the scripture in Proverbs eleven four, it says wealth is worthless in the day of wrath. But right. Righteousness delivers from death. And then Sue's going to share quickly about giving yourself.
9: So, you know, just briefly, another way to give of yourself and serve is share your faith, right? How much better than to reach out to your own family. That's what you have as as new Christians in the church. You have new connections, right? We old ones have already exhausted all of our family and most of our friends, right? We have to reach out to new people. You have the circle around you. You have your family um, who is wondering what change is, has come upon you. You have your contacts on your phone, your old friends, right? That you can pull out of the darkness, just like you have been pulled out of. Um, Also, are you eager, like Janice said, to study and and Eric, study your Bible, connect, right? Share the hope that you have um, with others. And um, another thing, another challenging thing that I like to take a look at is look at your calendar and ask yourself, is there someone that you are serving this week, is there someone that you are serving this month? Take a peek at your February calendar and ask yourself: Am I serving others? Is it on my agenda to serve someone else this month? And that's a good gauge of service for yourself. Um, and also, you know, just reflecting: like, what do you want to be known for? What do we? What do you want to be known as by God?
8: Mm-hmm. You know. Um... President Roosevelt um, had a great quote and he said, do what you can where you are with what you have, you know? And as you go forward and then you're giving and in you're serving, you know, remember whom you're serving, you know? It's not so much who, but whom. Everything we do is for God. And that's all we have to share at this amen. time, amen. Yeah.
2: All right, thank you. Thank, thank, you, you really thank you for that. All right, so for I just wanna share for a couple of minutes. About the importance of building a personal ministry, especially at your age as disciples, being young Christians. So I remember when I became a Christian uh, in May 19th of 1985. One of the things that scared the life out of me was this idea of building a personal ministry. The reason being is that I grew up pretty much as a loner, and uh, I kept to myself a lot. I didn't have a tremendous amount of friends, and uh, I just kind I of was. And I still, to a degree, am am probably better by myself than I am with with people. And that's the introvert part of me. But coming into the church, I had to make some pretty big adjustments. One was just the fellowship, right? So that was pretty overwhelming in in and of itself. (laughs) But then this notion of now you you, you need to meet people and study the Bible with them. I'm like, what? (laughs) But I realized from the scriptures, that's exactly what I need to do, right? Matthew 28, you go make disciples. And so I remember being really quite terrified at that but also being convicted that that's what I need to do. And so what I did, and what I'm gonna encourage you to do as young Christians is figure out what that looks like for you. How am I going to, with my personality, and you all have different personalities, with the personality that God has given me, how am I going to make that work? And uh, I remember t- taking a look at myself and saying, okay, what do I like to do? But how can I how can I meet people that are at least have some similarities to me? And you know, we were living in New York City at the time, and I was pursuing a career full time in music. So it's like, okay, then I'm gonna go down to uh, West 47th Street, which at that time was an entire street of music stores. Eric probably remembers that. So it was, there it, it was like, you know, I don't know, a dozen or more music stores. And I would go down there when I had the time and I would go from music store to music store to music store pretending like I was interested in stuff, trying the pianos out, looking at stuff, and with the express purpose of just talking to people and inviting them to church. And so I would go from one to the next to the next, and then, you know I would get numbers and i call them, and then I would also do the same with record stores. Tower Records was on the Upper West Side, and I would go to Tower Records, and I would look at people looking at records because they were interested in music. And so I figured out, like, there are things that I know how to do or that I'm interested in that I can, I can um, leverage. The other thing that was very helpful to me was to have the faith that, kind of like what Sue said, that people I knew in my pre-Christian life would maybe be interested. And, you know, that took a lot of nerve for me, but, uh, and I don't remember how many I called, but I remember calling one friend, John Thomas, who was living in Westchester County at the time. And I shared my faith with him. And lo and behold, he he was a friend from high school. And lo and behold, he was interested. And he came down to New York City to go to church a couple of times, and we studied the Bible, and uh, and I baptized him, and he's still faithful, I so keep up with him. He's in the Westchester Ministry in New York. Uh, and so for me, though, it was just a conviction that I don't really have the option of not doing this, even though it's uncomfortable and it's kind of goes against the grain of my nature, but I want to do it. And so as I did, it, I became more comfortable with it. I don't know how many people now, 36 years later that I've baptized, it's countless that I have studied with and helped become Christians. But it began in those early years of just saying, you know what, I just have to figure out how to do this for me. And I did it. And you can do the same.
10: You know, my, my personal experience as a young Christian was, I'm kind of the opposite of Jeff, right? I'm, I'm, He's an, the extrovert. Extrovert. I'm an extrovert. So um, and I had done, I was doing theater at the time. So I had lists of people. I had people I worked uh, in shows with. I had people that I was working with. I had old friends. Um, and I knew right away that God expected me, but also had given me the privilege of being an ambassador um, for Christ. And that he had given me a ministry of reconciliation. And I actually studied out 2 Corinthians 5 a lot. It's a great chapter. Go back and look at it. And the whole chapter gave me a conviction of my own. It wasn't that someone said, hey, you know, you got to do this. It was my own conviction, you know, that Christ's love is what should move me to share with people. You know, that nobody was going to ask me if I was sharing with people, but that Jesus's love was what was going to move me to do that. And in, In 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about you know if we really know god that we want to persuade people and so i knew okay a conviction i need to have is that i should be compelled by my love for jesus and that i need to persuade people uh to want to study the bible want to come to church or just even want to talk to me about god um, so I sat down, literally, and I thought through all of my friends. I went through every show I had done. I wrote down their names. I went through all my high school friends. I went through uh, old roommates. Uh, I went through co-workers at the restaurant I was working at, and I wrote all their names down, uh, my family. And after each one, I wrote down, how would I reach them? How would I start with them? You know, for some of them, it was I just needed to, uh, you know, reconnect with them. Uh, For some of them, I just wanted to share my story. For others, I could ask them right out to come to church or right out to study the Bible. For others, I needed to rebuild the friendship. It had been years. Uh, But now in my mind, it was now I know why I knew you. Now I know why I did that show. Now I know why I worked with you. Now I know I went to high school with you because God knew I would become a disciple and that he would want me to reach out to you. Mm. And that was so clear in my mind. So now I, I it gave me purpose to go back to those, to those people. Um, but then as I went back, something you're gonna see um, was a, a lot of those people, it was gonna take me a while. They weren't necessarily open right in the beginning. I had one friend of mine that I did a show with that I studied the Bible with and she became a Christian. I had another friend from home, she studied the Bible and became a Christian. But then I realized, you know, I also need to reach out to the people around me that are strangers. And that was scary for me as, as much as I, as I was an extrovert, that was still scary. And I'll never forget. I just want to share one with you because you just never know how God is going to work. We lived in the Bronx and I was on um, the number one train going home. And uh, this guy was actually trying to, you know, pick me up and and was uh, trying to talk to me and get my number and stuff. And I remember, you know, looking at him and saying, you know, I'm married Um, but I would really love to invite you to my church. I think you could really use it. And, um, so then I said, would you be willing to give me your number and I'll give it to my husband and he will be calling you. And, uh, he gave me his number and I thought, well, that's the, that's the end of that, you know, and, but Jeff called him and he actually came to church, studied the Bible and became a Christian. And No. Uh-uh. Uh, and um, that was another one. Uh, so anyway, you know, you just never know how God is going to use even some no, of the,
2: we didn't work this out. Yeah.
10: <laughs> you never know how God is going to use even the awkward situations, you know, that God has, has a plan, even in, in the worldly uh, situations we might find ourselves if we really invite God into it. Amen. And uh, I'm just so grateful for the way that God gives us this purpose to, to really build a ministry. It's it's a privilege. It's not a, a job or a burden. It's a privilege.
2: Amen. So remember, Matthew 28, verse 18 says, go and make disciples, figure out what that's going to look like for you and then do it. So, amen. Now we're going to uh, close out here. This is the big, This is the big. you know, come home finish, Nova's are going to talk about building uh, a kingdom dream for yourself, which really needs to begin now. So go ahead, Janobis, you got it.
3: All right, awesome. I don't know, we snuck in here. You know, we're the the youngest one spiritually, but uh, we're definitely, we're humbled to be here speaking with people that we really admire and look up to a lot. So uh, thanks for having us here, guys. And uh, yeah, I'm going to jump right into it. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, and we're talking about having a kingdom dream. It says, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And it's just this like really cool passage about how the Holy Spirit is going to work in our lives and work in our hearts. And we're going to have dreams and we're going to have vision. And uh, so often when I think about kingdom dreams, one of my go-to guys is Nehemiah. If you ever want to know how to go about a dream and seeing it through to completion. Uh, Nehemiah is a great book. Uh, I highly recommend um, reading it. But, you know, he found out this wall was burnt down and just God just put that burden on his heart. And he started, he started praying about it. He put together a plan. He examined the wall. He got a team together and he saw it all the way through. And uh, so I just, I love Nehemiah. And having a dream uh, for the kingdom, like the Sackinger said, it does start now. Um, And it is so important. I think, unfortunately, so often the world takes the best years of our lives, mm-hmm. the world takes our best gifts, and the world takes our best talents. And um, I know, and if not yet, then soon that there are places in the kingdom where you feel like you can make a difference. And the kingdom of God definitely needs you to keep that vision and keep that zeal because you come in with fresh faith. You come in with fresh mm-hmm. eyes. You come in with a fresh perspective, and uh, you got the post-baptism glow going. So you—you you know <laughs> what I mean. We need need all of that, all that you have, that you yep. see, and um, that it starts with a conviction. You know, having a kingdom dream, uh, a conviction is going to guide you. And so, and the conviction that I think we all got to have is that we all collectively want to see the kingdom of God advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to be unified in that we're willing to do whatever it takes for the kingdom of God to reach people. And, and I mean that no matter what walk of life, you know, you're in, um, no matter what might be going on, I think if we all can be unified with, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to advance God's kingdom. Because once you have that conviction, then you can start looking at your gifts. You can say, you know, what are some things I'm good at? What are some things I gravitate towards? What are some things God's putting on my heart? What are some things I'm passionate about? And that conviction will help, um, it, will, it will teach that path, it will help guide that passion. And, and so I think just thinking about how can you use the things you have now to advance the kingdom of God? Let me just gonna share a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think, so my vision before I even became a disciple was always to be like a big sister to like young teen girls like myself. And then when I became a disciple, that dream was started to come true. And because I really wanted to guide them to God to help them make better choices than I had. And it came to be true, like I said, and it's now my profession, which I would have never have, I n- never thought <laughs> it would happen like that. But, um, and I didn't know how it was all going to happen or play out. But I did small things in towards that direction. And then God just guided me down, guided me down that path. Um, but I thought about this. I'm like, maybe you feel like you don't have a vision or a dream, or maybe you have many visions, many dreams for the kingdom. And I think this is where God's help and those around you can help you to realize what God's plan is for your life, because mm-hmm. it's there.
3: Yeah. Kind of
0: like what Sue was saying, you know, you have gifts, you right. just have to tap into it and be willing to go anywhere where God takes you, which can be scary. But it is for me personally, it's been the best thing I've, I've ever done. It's just being willing to step up and And allow God to just take me anywhere, um, even to other countries. (laughs) So, and and then I think about the Smiths and I think about um, Patty Joe and how they're using their gifts for disciples in motion. You know, helping disciples in our church get well emotionally, that's huge. You know, they have this passion and drive because they saw this great need that we have, and that this is a way for the kingdom, the way that the kingdom can grow. And you know, who knew we then had this pandemic and then we'd need them even more now than ever before. But God knew and he used their willingness and mm-hmm. their dream to advance the kingdom. And you sitting here right now could have the similar impact or maybe even a greater um, impact in the church.
3: Amen, amen. amen. And, and so dreams, you know, I think to a degree, I worry about dreams dying. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. say they are dying, uh, but I worry about it. And I haven't done a poll to say, you know, they're dying or vision design. I don't know that, but I worry about that, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think the kingdom needs what you have to offer, you know, like your videography, like your heart for the poor, your heart for people that are incarcerated, your heart for the sick, your heart for the Spanish-speaking community, you know, your heart for the Haitian community, your Mm -hmm. heart for diversity, you know, your heart for helping people heal from mental illness, your heart for those that you know, maybe have a lot of money right now, but they just feel like empty. They thought they would have yeah. felt better by now, you know, uh, your heart for the youth. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And and if you don't have it now, God will put that on your heart, whatever it is. I don't feel like you're not where you need to be. Right. If you don't have it, it will come. And I think when you have your team and you have your prayers, you can figure out how to utilize mm-hmm. uh, that gift. And, you know, Lamisha mentioned the Smiths. I mean, I think about Jeff Williams. He has a heart. You want, he's helping out with our mentoring program uh, with the teens. Uh, Vanya Ariel, Joel, Lolly, they're helping out with our social media because they just have a vision, man. They want us to look you know, want us to look good online. Steny, he's great with spoken word. So he uses that for the kingdom. I think about Fred, Denise, even how Linnell has helped out with our squad team, which is our diversity and inclusion. John and Cheryl, Hope Worldwide. I mean, yeah, it just goes on. Sagengers yeah. are incredible with helping, you know, marriages and helping people become Christians, and you just see how fruitful they are because they've offered their gifts. Right. They've, this is a sacrifice to you, God, and I and I want to offer this to you. And I just and just closing out here, I think sometimes we shy away from being great for God. And I don't think you should shy away from being great for God. I think sometimes we say, oh, I don't want to be prideful. You know, I don't want to be arrogant. Okay, so don't be prideful, you know, (laughs) wrestle through that. Confess that, you know, if you're feeling prideful, but don't be a reason why you shouldn't be great for God. You know, I think we should all try to be great for God and have, you know, ambition. But we know where it's coming from. And that's what keeps us humble. And It's not coming from us, it's not coming from any one of us, and I think if we can remember that, then go for it, go for your vision, go for your dream, and go for it with faith and with, with help and support and guidance. And, um, you know, I think I would encourage anybody to study out Nehemiah, uh, because just the way he went about his dream and he and he saw it all the way through, uh, you know, to the end, and there was a reason why he was able to, and there are several reasons. Uh, but I'll let you guys study out Nehemiah to see his process. And I think that can really help you guys as you pursue your dreams. So that was it. Thank you guys so much for letting us stay.
2: All right. Good, good, good. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for all those that have shared. Thank you for all those that uh, have stayed with us. We've heard, you've heard a lot tonight. This is, this has been great. Uh, and Pat recorded this. So well, maybe make this accessible to you people. But this has been really, really encouraging. It's been a great night. Uh, we are going to close out now because some of us have other meetings that we need to get to. So, um, but if you have any questions, you can just, you know, ask anybody that uh, spoke tonight. You can just shoot them an email or a text or whatever. And I'm sure they'd be glad to answer your questions. So we love you guys a lot. We appreciate all that you do. And uh, it's great to have you as part of this family. This is an amazing family to be a part of.
10: Just want to say thank you to everybody that shared, you know, to the Smiths oh, oh. and the Belezes and the Goodmans and the Genovas. Um, we don't have the time for um, questions and answers, which we would have hoped we could have done, but I really want to encourage you guys to uh, share with whoever's discipling you, to share with one another, uh, to encourage one another, uh, because, uh, you know, we, we want to hear from you too, and we want to hear, you know, if there's something you feel like you could do, uh, let's just keep the communication going. We really value our young disciples and we want to support and encourage you in any way that we can.
2: And Pastor, says you can call him anytime. He means that. Like you can call him at like 2 a.m., 1 a.m. He'll pick up and he'll start talking to you. So not so much Lamisha and definitely not me, but that's available pretty much 24-7. Crazy. <laughs> he is crazy. All right, so we're going to close out with a prayer and then uh, we'll let you guys go. Yes, sir. Okay.
10: heavenly father god thank you so much for this time god i pray that you're with everybody's hearts that's been here thank you for those that fought to get here tonight i know um there's you know we all have a lot going on god but i just i just thank you for those that were here god i'm thankful that it was recorded so those that couldn't make it can hear it god and i just pray you will bless our efforts to pass on our uh, understanding and our knowledge and the things you've taught us and i I know the hearts were wanting to hear it. I pray that you've planted many seeds, God, and that they will grow. I pray, Mm -hmm. God, that um, all those brothers and sisters that are on tonight, that we will get to see them do great things in the future, God, and that you have a plan for their lives Mm -hmm. and that we get to watch you work. We love you, Father, and we pray all this through Jesus. Amen.
2: Amen. Father, thank you so much for the great time we've had tonight. Thank you for those that shared. And we uh, really appreciate their experiences and willing to share that. And uh, we appreciate so much. Uh, that, and we value so much the things that they've learned and can can share with all of us tonight. Uh, no matter how old you are as a disciple, I'm, I I learned things tonight. It was so encouraging to hear uh, everybody share. And you know, I'm not far. I'm far from perfect in everything. So I appreciate the things that I've learned as well. And I pray, God, we can all always keep a learner's heart. Yes. Yeah. So, Father, we love you, and uh, we appreciate this family that you put us in. And please help us to all stay here, and to help other people to come in. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray.
10: Amen.
3: Amen. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ Podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.